0: Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two friends just made a podcast.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to the fourth episode of Culture Bucket. You're back with your hosts George and Alex. Hi Alex.
0: Hello George.
1: Hi, hi. Good, good, good. So today we're going to be talking about films. We're going to move on from music and talk about our favourite films. In a little while, but first it's time to catch up with what we've been doing in the previous week. What have you caught in your bucket this week, Alex?
0: This is Culture Catch-Up Time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. Culture Catch-Up Oh, many things, many <laughs> Good. things. Good. Um, at the end of the last time we spoke... Um I, t- I said Knives Out, and you told me I should watch the film. So I watched Knives Out. Oh, you Out. watched Knives Out? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's really, 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 really good. Isn't it? Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, when I was little, I watched a lot of um, Murder, She Wrote, mm-hmm. which in Italian we call it The Lady in Yellow. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes, The Lady in Yellow. I guess it's because it's about... I don't know, because we call... Um those kind of that kind of genre. Yellow? Do you do the same in England? I know we generally
1: we call them like Who Done It.
0: Yeah. Well we we'll called them yellow. Jolly. Yeah. So um we called her uh the lady in yellow. But uh yeah, so never mind. Uh so I really enjoyed it because I really used to love watching Murder She Wrote and how you know nothing at the beginning and suddenly at the end you know everything yeah. and that's I love knowing everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it I, I I really enjoy it and I thought it was amazing. Um I, I, I like the fact that the main character there's so many known actors in the mm. film. But the main character is a fairly unknown actress and uh, she's got the most screen time.
1: Yes, and she is in the Blade Runner sequel. If anyone has seen that, you'll catch her. Is in that. she? Yep. Ah. She's also in a Keanu Reeves movie called Knock Knock, which is not worth <laughs> anyone's time. No, <laughs> I don't watch that. And she's soon to be seen at some point in the new James Bond film. She is a Bond girl, or, you know, she's an, she's an actress in, or an actor in uh, No Time I to mean- Die. So she's she's going up in the world, which is good because her performance is, in my opinion, Oscar worthy in that film. I think she's incredible. So
0: good, yeah. She plays I think...
1: the, just for anyone who hasn't seen it. She plays the maid to yeah. a famous author who dies near the start of the film.
0: Not the maid, the uh,
1: nurse. The, sorry, I'm so sorry. She plays <laughs> she plays the nurse to a famous author who dies near the start of the film, and yeah. the movie is all about the aftermath of is death um mm. it's sort of a murder mystery in a way but it plays with that idea as well and without being overtly uh not offensive but without rubbing it in anyone's face it's also really really political in a way that I really liked I thought
0: Yeah I thought yes I thought that a that part was on really the interesting times in Yeah America, I, think. I thought I thought it was really good you know oh she like the um, uh, I think the nurse comes from somewhere in South America. Mm. Um, but uh, they were saying, the family was saying how she did things right. And that's why she's allowed to stay in America. But everybody that doesn't do things in the right way yeah. uh, shouldn't stay in America. But yeah. oh, I was, uh, yeah, no, it was really good. And how money kind of is what makes everything worse and mm-hmm. the family turns on her as soon as uh something happens no it's a really really good film and i thought the actors were all amazing yeah. and I uh, really 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 enjoyed it and if we wasn't we ever did expecting a, that
1: if we ever did a list of our top five final shots in films that would be on my list because i think the final shot of that film ah yeah uh, yeah with the balcony is poetry. really
0: yeah yeah but all of it, all of it—the the the set design, the acting, the costumes—is all very over the top, and I I really liked it. Yeah.
1: Daniel Craig has to be mentioned.
0: Yes, he was amazing. He's very good he was as the detective. So good, yeah. It was really really good, and there's uh, Don Johnson. Uh, Which haven't seen him? Don Johnson is his name, Don Johnson. Don Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a film for a very long time. I used to watch Mm. him uh, when he was in Miami Vice, in the nineteen nineties. He also
1: turned in a really good performance last year in the Watchmen TV show.
0: Ah, Okay, I still need to watch that one. Yeah.
1: So if you ever get around to watching Hmm. that, you'll see him in that as well. And it should be mentioned that Ryan Johnson wrote and directed Knives Out, and he gets a lot of hate online for his handling of the eighth Star Wars movie, Last Jedi. Uh, which isn't very popular with a lot of fans. What's wrong with that one? Oh, I don't want to get into it now because I okay. disagree with it. I'm glad, just... I'm
0: glad I don't read anything because <laughs> I really like that one.
1: Luke Skywalker not behaving like Luke Skywalker in the original film and things like what? this. I know.
0: <laughs> people change. If he still behaved the same way, it wouldn't be realistic. Although he's not it shouldn't be realistic anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. A fact. I I really like it. <laughs> a lot of people think that he's terrible as a result of it. I disagree and I think that Knives Out is the perfect answer to why he's not terrible because that film is to my mind a work of genius
0: yeah and I'm very glad you uh, mentioned it last week because I never give it a moment's thought I don't know why there's some films I just don't Mm. yeah but no yes I watched that and then I watched a film called Don John have you ever heard of it um, is the um, is that
1: the Joseph Gordon Levitt? No. Yeah. Yeah. The,
0: yeah. Joseph Gordon Levitt died. Uh, the pfft. okay. Let me say some difficult words together. Okay. Directorial debut. Oh, lovely. Did very, <laughs> no, well. very lovely. Um, I <laughs> I watched it many years ago because it came out in 2013, mm-hmm. and I thought I really enjoyed it, but then I watched it again and I didn't. I didn't really enjoy it as much as I thought I had really? seven years ago. It's a really, it's a really good concept, and uh, the acting, of course, is good. There's Julianne Moore and Scarlett Johansson and Gordon. What's the Joseph concept? Joseph Gordon-Levitt and is a re- uh, well, um, this guy, Italian-American uh, guy, he's uh, addicted to pornography and to many other things, um, and it's kind of his journey. What is life, really, with okay. uh, maybe intimacy. I don't know. Some sort of growing right.
1: up, maybe, or becoming. Yeah,
0: grown. yeah, and I, I thought it, the concept is really good because it kind of shows like maybe people watching pornography think that that is the real deal, and not being able to have a relationship like a in uh, a normal, in brackets, relationship uh, with a woman or a man, or because of thinking that it should be like porn. Mm. Um, and it, it's interesting, the journey, but I feel like it could have been a little bit deeper into the the addiction that pornography can have on people and the, how people can perceive pornography as reality and not an actual relationship with a human being. Mm. Um, I think it could have done another half hour of kind of making, giving the characters a little bit more depth, I yeah. think. Have okay. you seen it?
1: Well, I remember seven years ago, you telling me it was amazing and telling me I should watch yeah. it. And I didn't, and I still mm. haven't watched it. So sorry.
0: No, no, don't apologize. I don't think you should watch it now.
1: Oh, really? Well, it... watch... Because um... I do like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and you know, I really like Scarlett Johansson as an actress.
0: Yeah. Uh, an actor. I was kind of obsessed with him. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it was better than it is. Okay. But watching it with you know a different kind of perspective in the world, and mm. I think it could be a little bit deeper okay. in relationships. And also, you know, it's a kind of... He, ha- he has an evolution in the film, mm-hmm. but I think it could be better portrayed. Okay. But as a debut... Debut? Not debut. Debut. debut as a debut... I think it's a, it's okay, it's good. Um, yeah, and then I watched Juno, Oh, okay. uh, which uh, I hadn't seen for years. And Juno is a coming of age comedy drama. I love coming of age films. That I could so. watch all of them, mm-hmm. even the ne- the new Netflix ones like um, The Kissing Booth and stuff like that. I watched them all. Fair enough. I just love them, <laughs> whatever. Even if they're rubbish, I think they're they're good. Yeah, because um, you once told
1: me to watch the package, and that is a terrible film.
0: I didn't tell you it was good. You
1: told me it was brilliant. You told me it was fantastic. <laughs> no, yes, I you didn't. Did. Yes, I you said did. there
0: was a film. No, I said it was better than expected, but no, I didn't say it not. was fantastic.
1: <laughs> it's not better than expected. It's irredeemably terrible.
0: <laughs> I watched them all though. I love coming of age f- um, films. I-, I love them. Out of like, your mind. From Sixteen Candles to Easy A, The Package, Juno. I love them all. Never mind. Uh yeah, watched it. I loved it. I, I forgot about a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And um Is and it Ellen Page? Plays Ellen June. Page, yeah. And uh, Michael Serra. And Jason Bateman plays the The f- well the
1: surrogate dad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a very nice film and it, it, it shows everything done in a very adult way. You know, she's pregnant. We're going to deal with the situation. It's um, I really enjoyed it. Not too much drama. Very simple. Very good movie. Uh, and then I watched <laughs> A Street Cat Named Bob. OK. Have you seen that film? No. What's it see? about? Uh, it's about, um, it's um, an adaptation from a book, uh, a book written by um, James Bowen. And he used to be homeless and addicted to heroin and ha- was having a really, really bad time. Things started getting better. He managed to get a house and then in this house one day this cat appeared and the cat becomes his companion and helps him in a difficult um, time. And it kind of shows how animals are incredible things because uh, animals don't judge you. Animals can be next to you. And um, I I enjoyed it. It's, It's a nice film. It um, shows the struggles of living on the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shows how easy it is to lose everything in one with a little mistake. You can lose everything. Uh, how easy it is to be uh, get back into drugs, even if you're trying your best, your hardest. Um, and if uh, somebody shows you some humanity, uh, things can go better. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't get any humanity shown to them and um, so um, yeah but I thought, I thought it was really good um, and it's a real story and it's interesting it's an interesting film the actual cat is in the film Bob the cat is in the film
1: playing himself or just yeah a
0: playing himself oh,
1: that's really and cool. now
0: I really want a ginger cat well you have a cat Alex. yeah but I on want another one I I want know. more cats, uh, yeah. Um, and then quickly, uh, I watched I watched the entire season of Crashing in one evening. Is that a uh, hospital? P- yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, the English version, well, the original uh, British version, uh, written by well, created by Phoebe Waller Bridge, which I adore. I think she's a force of nature, um, and it's about uh, the life of these six people uh living in uh, Asgardian in, the, in this hospital and uh kind of a love story and messy and i thought it was really really good and uh then i listened to the new taylor swift album
1: Oh, wow, surprise taylor swift album came out this week yes who what what was the story behind that album alex
0: you tell me the story okay (laughs) because i don't know the story you told you sent me a message saying new taylor swift album blah 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 blah." i was like yeah uh
1: if you remember a couple of episodes ago in your honorable mentions for favorite solo artists you mentioned taylor swift yes and i mentioned that taylor swift was a big fan of a band i like called the national which we've discussed on here yes And then that was proven to be accurate this week when she announced on Thursday morning that she was releasing a brand new album on Thursday at midnight. Co written, uh, 11 out of the 16 tracks on it, co written by Aaron Desner, the guitarist from The National. The
0: National!
1: (laughs) And featuring a song with lyric uh, vocals hot co-written by Bonnie and featuring vocals bon by Bonnie Verne
0: oh sorry so I got yeah. quite
1: excited because I mean similar to you I quite like Taylor Swift's stuff in the past but never really loved it but I was like if she's done an album with these people who I adore especially the people from The National this could yeah. be really special so I was excited to listen to it and we've both listened to it I suppose yeah. what did you think of it Alex?
0: oh I
1: really
0: like it. Okay. Oh, I really really agree. really I really 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 like it.
1: I really like it as well.
0: Oh, there's some Taylor Swift stuff, of course. It's her, she's true to herself, but also it's like Taylor Swift but a different level. Yeah. Like Completely transitioning towards a, a different artist, and she's yeah. she's done that a lot actually. Like yeah. she's never been the same, and I can appreciate her the way she is because she has uh, uh, she has evolved so much as an artist. But mm. this album is so good, mm-hmm. and the song with Bonnie Vere is amazing.
1: Yeah, I had a weird thing with it where I listened to it through a couple of times, and I was like, mm. I like this, but it doesn't sound that crazy different to me. I think it's because she's, she's writing songs with musicians that I listen to a lot anyway, so it sounds like the music mm. I tend to listen to. So yeah. I went back and I listened to 1989 and Lover as well, mm. and no, it's very different. It's, <laughs> it's very, so very different. different. It's...
0: Lo- Lover was just uh, the start of changing. Mm. There was some kind of, uh, but no, it's so different. And there's a song called, I think it's Mad Woman. Yes, that's a good song. Oh, I love that song. I think it just so summons up what she's been through. What did you think?
1: I agree. I think it's, the the song for me that's stuck in my head so far is The Last Great American Dynasty. Just in yes. In of an earworm, mm. that song really gets mm. caught in my head. Exile, the mm. song with Bunny Bear is really, yeah. really good. Yeah. And yeah, it's incredibly strong. It's probably, it's like, it's been really nitpicky, but there's maybe two songs in the middle that I would cut out and have it be a slightly shorter album if I was going to make it perfect, but it is mm. an incredible piece of work and really does is a is a testament to the songwriting capabilities of Taylor Swift and also yeah. Aaron Desner from the National, who is
2: yeah.
1: a treasure. And it sounds very nationally, a particularly <laughs> there's sort of soft electronic burbling, like not really harsh electronics, but there's kind of electronic bubbling away mm. uh, underneath a couple of songs that really sound like. Um, songs from their album Sleep Well Beast where they did that a lot and the piano sounds very similar to sort of a lot of the national compositions. Mm. so yeah I I think it's great I really like it I think that she has done something really interesting I've seen people calling her out online a little bit for maybe who seeing doesn't that, call her online oh exactly yeah. I saw somebody being like oh she's just seen that indie music's popular now so she's trying to do that uh, like, oh. she's quite clearly a fan of it because she's and you know it's been noted in the past that she likes the national yeah. and bands like that and it's just her following her muse a little bit and the fact that i read that her record label didn't even know she was making the album until like the day she announced it like nobody <laughs> knew it existed which seems mad because think. she's already released like eight different phys- vinyl editions and stuff but mm. supposedly it was pretty un- unknown until right at the end that she'd done it um and it seems like a really natural thing they just she just got in touch with um aaron Desner from the national and said do you want to write some songs together and they just over the course of lockdown, they just did it, and an album came out of it. I think it's really impressive. Yeah. And I was not expecting to enjoy a Taylor Swift album this shape <laughs>
2: but I did.
0: No, me neither. Like, no, no. And especially one like this. Mm. I wasn't expecting an album like this. No. And then, oh, last yeah. but not least, oh, okay. I watched Hamilton.
2: Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> I watched an hour of Hamilton. All right. Um I appreciated more but I, can't, I, I I don't think is my cup of tea. No, so but I'm glad I gave it an hour because I um I really liked um David Diggs.
1: Yeah, David Diggs is is excellent. He's the best thing in it.
0: Um on one.
1: He plays Hercules Mulligan.
0: Yes. And I really enjoyed Anthony Ra- Ramos. I, this time I, lo- I I I looked more at the artist singing. Mm. and but I, I still can't get into it but i think it's i understand why you think it's good okay good
1: good there's a cool thing in hamilton where after the interval in the second act those three actors that you named play different yeah. roles in the second half do they mm-hmm.
2: oh
0: maybe but david I diggs like... in
1: particular is better in the second half. well he's, he's incredible okay. in the first half but he's he has some amazing songs in the second half
0: well, I've got another hour and 40 minutes to watch, so maybe next week I'm going to talk about the last half. <laughs> <Right. laughs> I might finish it one day. Yeah. And that's it for me. Good. What about you?
1: Uh, well, I listened to that Taylor Swift album a lot that we've just talked about. I don't know if there's any other music worth discussing, really. I listened to quite a lot of the Manic Street Preachers based on our mm. uh, discussion last week. But that's And then there's like Homework, but that's about it, really, for music. yeah. So, film-wise, I watched The Lighthouse. You the Lighthouse?
0: Yeah, the one with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock?
1: No, that's The Lighthouse. Oh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> not the one with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I was <laughs> like, why are you watching that?
1: I don't know. It might, I've never seen it. Is, it. is it not good?
0: I've never seen it, or but for a know. while it was my sister's favourite film.
1: Wow. Well, maybe it's good then. If you like no, it. No, no. The no, lighthouse. <laughs> no. The lighthouse came out last year. It is written and directed by Robert Eggers, uh, who made a film a few years earlier called The Witch, which I really like as well. Mm. It's set in the 1890s off the coast of America. It's about two people who are manning a lighthouse. Uh, two lighthouse keepers. One is a younger one, played by Robert Pattinson. And one is an older one, played by Willem Dafoe. Mm. It's entirely in black and white. It's filmed in an aspect ratio, so it looks square. It just uses a square in the screen, if you see what I mean. Mm. It's not widescreen. And it is one of my favourite films. It's really, really good. That's the third time I've watched it. Oh. Um, It's just it's kind of classified a bit as a horror movie, but it's not really a horror film. It's more of a drama about these two men sort of losing their minds in this super isolated place. But the really interesting thing about Robert Eggers and the films he makes, or the two films he's made so far, is that he goes all in on research and Mm. tries to write the script uh, to be accurate to the way people spoke in the time that he's kind of working in. So Mm. Willem Dafoe talks like a pirate in it, and Robert Pattinson has this really wild accent that he researched and, and discovered. And it's just like living in this world that you will never see for, for an hour mm. and 40 minutes. And I absolutely love it. It's definitely worth watching if you haven't seen it. And don't be put off by the fact you'll find it in like the horror section. It's not a horror film. Okay. It's it's more of a drama. It's it's fantastic. Okay. W- Willem Dafoe has a monologue that lasts about a minute and a half, where the camera's just on his face the entire time. He doesn't blink for the entire monologue. I don't know how he does it. It's... It's crazy, but it creates such an intense performance, and you just can't look away from him while he's just screaming at Robert Pattinson about his cooking. Really fantastic.
0: it's <laughs> cooking.
1: It's. I don't want to. I don't want to get into it too okay. much and spoil it. But it's. It's really this monologue. The, the what Robert Pattinson says to him at the end of this monologue is makes me laugh so much. Like it's. 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 It's weirdly funny. Like it's. It's almost a comedy at times. Yeah. Even though it's such a serious drama about kind of mental health and stuff. Anyway, yeah, the lighthouse is good. I watched that last Saturday night, and then last Sunday morning, I came downstairs and I watched a film called Eurovision,
2: The
0: Story <laughs> of Fire Saga. Did you watch it all?
1: I watched the entire thing, and we can either do this quickly, or we can go through the notes I made during it, if you'd like. What would you rather <laughs> It's
0: up to you. Let's go through the
1: notes. So, Yeah,
0: I like the notes.
1: First of all, I noted that they're speaking Icelandic. yeah. I wrote, they're speaking Icelandic in Iceland. Alex will like this. She's so basic. My next note was Abba, just Abba, because Abba's in it at the start.
2: <laughs> oh. And
1: then, oh, I noticed that P- Pierce Brosnan doesn't like singing and dancing. He's not a fan of that. So Why is he watching Eurovision? And then the little boy, <laughs> the little boy turns around and starts talking in English. Yeah. Why did they suddenly switch to England?
0: Because they couldn't do a film like that all in Icelanding.
1: Mm, it seems like you're a hypocrite. That's whatever it written no! here. No. Seems like you told me to watch a film that does the thing. You told me you hate it when films do.
0: Is it an Oscar-worthy film? Is it uh, <laughs> Venice? Is it? Is it supposed to be a uh, hard? Oh, yup. I wish I never told you to watch it.
1: Uh, no, stick with it. Hang on. (laughs) Uh, Rachel McAdams fashion in that movie. You know what?
0: By the way, before you carry on, Uh I was going to make notes on Hamilton, but then I thought, nah, (laughs) I won't be that person. You are that person. I'm
1: fine being that person. (laughs) It's all content. Uh, Rachel McAdams whole fashion and look in the film is incredible. She's wearing this Mm 90s-looking jumper and dungarees in a scene early on with her mum that is the absolute best. Mm. Then I worked out that Pierce Brosnan was 14 when Will Ferrell was born. <laughs> so in the opening scene, is he playing a 22-year-old? Is he meant... Because Will Ferrell looks about it's eight in the... It's a film
0: of fiction!
1: <laughs> scene. Shut up! Um, and, then it, and, then it, and then it reveals that as a grown-up, Will Ferrell is uh, a parking attendant, so I would be as, as ashamed of him as Pierce Brosnan is in the movie if I had a son who yeah. was, uh, gave <laughs> tickets out. And then I worked out that... <laughs> I would tell that Will Fowle is 11 years older than Rachel McAdams.
0: Yeah. Because so, <laughs> yeah, after watching the film, I was like, he's much older. When they're than both Rachel children McAdams. at the start,
1: she looks like she's about, at the, at the absolute youngest, four years old, which would mean that that little boy that's meant to be him would be 15 <laughs> at the start <laughs> of the film. But it's fine. It's just a comedy, Alex. It's absolutely fine. Uh, there's a bit where Will Fowle screams really loudly early on, and it causes a landslide of a, a glacier in the background. That made me laugh. Mm. That got a laugh out of me. Actually, I laughed mm. at that bit. Um, then there was a friend of his in the village who spent the when every scene he was in, he just shouted and was really angry. That was funny, <laughs> how much they committed to that. Uh, my next note just says, "I like Rachel McAdams."
2: Yeah. So there we go.
1: And then it and then it cuts to a scene <laughs> with a bunch of people sat around a big table in the meeting room talking about. Eurovision, and I just was shocked to imagine that maybe that's what happens. Do people do that? Do people the Eurovision? the countries sit around in big meetings discussing Eurovision entries like that?
0: I have no idea. It seemed quite intense. I don't care. I care (laughs) so into it.
1: Anthony. Then in that same scene, (laughs) there's an actor in that scene called Anthony Carrigan, who's an incredible actor, and he's in a series called Barry, which is fantastic about a hitman. I can't remember who the main actor. Bill Hader. Bill Hader mm. series called Barry. Mm. Anthony Kerrigan has a big role in that and he's hilarious. He's so funny. Mm. He's in this movie. He doesn't have a single line. What? What's going on? <laughs> he doesn't have any lines. He's just in the background. Uh, so then I wrote, When will season three of Barry come out? I hope it comes out soon. Uh, and then it transpires that Rachel McAdams is already in love with Will Ferrell and he is. How is he. If we, if Rachel McAdams was in love with me, I would not be doing what Will Ferrell does in this film and insisting that they stay apart. Silly man. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's a bit where they don't know that they're meant to be singing on stage, and Will Ferrell makes a big mess of it, but they get through anyway. Then a boat explodes, killing a load of people, and it's not—it's barely mentioned again. It would be a national tragedy. <laughs> But not- <laughs> but that's how they get to go to Eurovision. Um, Did you
0: notice there was Demi Lovato?
1: Oh, is it Demi Lovato? No, I didn't realise that. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, she, okay. So she's the one that she pops up as a ghost later on and she's on fire. Yeah. She, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, they keep talking about how terrible fire saga are and how they're really mm. bad. They just sound like every other Eurovision band to me.
0: Yeah, bad.
1: Yeah. But then why do they <laughs> think that they should be any bad? It doesn't make sense. Oh, and the, okay. And then Dan Stevens showed up. Dan Stevens plays the Russian singer.
2: Mm.
1: I like him a lot, so I was pretty excited when he came up. And yeah. then Jamie Dimitriou is in it. Jamie Dimitriou is an yeah. English comic actor who plays their stylist or their sort of stage mm. manager. And then Natasha Dimitriou turns up. Who's her,
0: Where? She, she
1: turns up as like... Um, the choreographer in those scene, that scene was
0: she's got oh, like two looks, lines. I thought she was. Uh, I thought you okay, yeah.
1: She's got two lines. She's one yeah. of the funniest. She's one of the funniest comic actors around today. She's incredible in what we do in the shadows. I was, I was like, how could you have Natasha Demidoff for, for, to meet for a on film set? that
0: you're picking apart? We're spending a lot of time talking about it. Yeah, I
1: know. <laughs> Um yeah, I don't know. I've, there's a lot of notes about how much I like Rachel McAdams. Uh, Dan Stevens is good in it.
0: Okay, so was the film acceptable? Was Ray it better Norton than the package? It?
1: Was it, it was better than the package. Okay, <laughs> ultimately, my feeling, Seagal Ross is in it. They used Seagal Ross yeah. to try and make me emotional, which I didn't like. Um, Why? But it did work. That's what they
0: do. Cigars make you emotional.
1: Ultimately, I yeah. th- thought that it was funny in parts. I enjoyed parts of it. I liked the story, and I felt genuinely happy when they sort of. They don't. I don't want to spoil it. Well, I don't. I don't care about spoiling. It. They don't win your. <laughs> They sing a song that isn't the song they entered, and it's but it's a better song, and everyone yeah. loves it anyway. And they and when she starts singing in Icelandic, singing Icelandic did, because
0: did you not feel yeah no like I, your I was heart good. was bursting?
1: But it's at least half an hour too long. The worst thing about it is how boring it is. There are parts that are just painfully dull and not mm. funny. Like there's long sequences that don't need to happen. Like where he's going to the Eurovision finals in a mini, and they're doing like a car thing through. That's just rubbish. I don't need a lot of that. There's a lot of Will Fell stuff in it that you can cut out and just focus on Rachel McAdams because she's great. And yeah, mm. that's how I felt about it. So I watched it. He told me to watch it. I did watch it. And it was totally down the middle, average film for me. Didn't hate it, but liked it more than I expected to. Oh, I, I, Okay, at the end, I made a little list of things I liked and didn't like. So Good Things, Dan Stevens, Graham Norton, Rachel McAdams, Natasha Dimitri, uh the song they sing at the end, and Seagull Ross. Yeah. Bad things I didn't like in it was Will Ferrell, all of the music, uh, Pierce Brosnan not being in it very much. Uh, it was really boring. Will Ferrell gives a big speech at the end that's boring and not very good. Sigur Ross are aren't in it enough, and Natasha Dimitri isn't in it enough. Good. That's where I've come down.
0: Okay, but it wasn't as bad as you thought it could be?
1: Uh, no, I thought it would be awful. I thought I would hate it. Uh, and then I watched one cut of the dead, which is amazing, and I've told you to watch it about five times, and you haven't done I, and I watched The Exorcist Free, which is a good film. I watched Sleepaway Camp, which is a good film. And I watched The Bay, which is a good film. But you should watch One Cook of the Dead. Okay. It's very good, and it's not a horror film. So, today we're going to talk about our top five
0: films. How about homework? Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh no. Homework. Oh, no.
1: Sit down at the back and be quiet. Get out your book, because it's time to discuss your homework now. I listened to Charles Bradley. Yes. I listened to an album and called No Time to Dream. Yeah. Is that the name For of it? Dreaming. No Time for Dreaming.
0: No Time for Dreaming. Um, and I listened to Future Days by Ken.
1: Yes, she did. Uh, shall I start? Shall I talk about Charles yeah. Bradley? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's... It sounds exactly like James Brown, that sort of, is it soul mm. music? What mm. It, it is a, seems like a really good version of that genre of music. I discovered mm. that, like I read his life story, and his life story is fascinating. In fact, there's a documentary mm. about his life that I'd quite like to watch. Have you seen it?
0: No, no, okay. I would like to watch it. Um,
1: mm. Like his relationship with his mother sounds quite... Quite yeah. interesting, and his mm-hmm. family, and he he had time as a homeless man, and even in on well, I only read for his Wikipedia page, but it talks about him being discovered in like 2002 and signing to mm-hmm. a record label, and it still somehow took until 2011 for them to release any of his music. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy, and then he and then he, he was he died in is it 2017? He died.
0: Yeah, very recently. Um,
1: yeah. So. It's impressive that in just, what, six years or so, he's left this legacy of like three albums behind that people mm. love. And the one I listen to is, honestly, it's a genre of music that I don't really go to ever because mm. I can't... So... Song, I, it's something I've got where songs in that genre don't stand out as individual songs to me. It all sounds mm. like the same type of yeah. music, okay. which is my problem. It's not, the, it's not a problem with that music. It's my mm-hmm. issue. But I enjoyed when I listened to it. It's not something I would necessarily put on all the time, but I'm glad you told me to listen to it because I like knowing his story because I think it's interesting. And he did a cover of the Black Sabbath song, Changes,
2: Mm. on another album, which was
1: used as the theme tune to Big Mouth on Netflix, which I've always really liked. Yeah, I've always really liked that intro sequence and really liked that version of Changes. So I'm Mm. really glad now that I know who did it and that he's got this interesting Mm. story behind him. But if I was to pick out individual songs on the album to talk about, I would struggle because it just all sounds like that mm. kind. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so, no, I'm glad I listened to it. It was good. It was mm. something that I wouldn't have sought out myself, and I'm pleased that I did. And I can definitely hear where it comes in Big Little Lies as well. It reminds mm. me a lot of the kind of music that Reese Witherspoon's character listens to in that show and stuff like that. So no, it's good. He's he's good. I'm glad that I know about him.
0: Uh well I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh you should listen more of him. Yeah I think think the more you listen to the genre and then the more you can maybe um I don't know, get into it really. Yeah. Yeah. And that two albums are really good as well. So
1: I'm gonna listen to to the Changes album, I think definitely, because I wanna hear that
0: soon. Yeah. Um. In fact now When I listen to this When I uh, you, you 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 talk about changes I can only hear his Oh really Song Yeah
1: It's a very good version Of that song It's an amazing yeah, version So of that for song. me
0: now It's just that And the I just That's, that's my association With the song now That's mm-hmm. a word um, Yeah So I Listened to Future Days By a band called oh. Can Yes you did It's an interesting album
1: Yeah, yeah That's a That's a, Yeah That's a
0: given. Yeah. My favourite song is uh, Moonshake. Okay. Um, I listened to that album a few times and Moonshake is the one that kind of wakes me up. Mm. So the first two songs are kind of like ambient and interesting. I listen to a rhythm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you can listen to it and then you're, you're kind of in a trance and 20 minutes later, Moonshake comes up. And it's like kudu, kudu, kudu. It's very interesting, yeah. and I really like that song. And it's the shortest song in the album. It's only yes. like three minutes. Yeah. So the album is forty minutes long. Yeah. And.
1: It's only got the, four songs,
0: is it? He yeah, has got four songs, and
1: the fourth song is twenty minutes long, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's the one that kind of go you go back into the trance again. Yeah. Um. But no, I I I liked it. I could I could listen to it many times because it's not something that it's it's just enjoyable to listen to and mm. um there's some disturbing parts kind of like weird music's clashing yeah um in uh, i think it's in in the second track um but then it seems like you then have a break for, like moonshake is kind of the the intermission yeah <laughs> You kind of yeah, have a it little is a break. Bit, isn't it? Yeah. And you go pa 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 and I've I've noticed myself shaking my head uh during um uh that that one. But no, I, I enjoyed it. When last week you were talking about kraut rock. Yeah. I just didn't realise that you were saying kraut.
1: Oh, what did you think it's I
0: was not, saying? Is that not it's not quite racist against German people. Uh
1: I don't think so. It's the genre uh, of, it's what the genre of music is called. It's got
0: its oh, own okay. Wikipedia page. It wasn't just like... No, th- no, 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 <laughs> not you. No, no, not you. I mean, in general, because, be you know, rock, do, they, it? do people not call German people? I don't know. I don't want
2: to. I know, like I know what you mean. When,
0: when, in a disparagative manner. It, At least I know in Italy they did. They used to call them like that. I think I'm it's been sure used like that,
1: but I don't think that... There's any associations around oh, okay, the term okay. Krautrock <laughs> that are negative. I think it's 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 not, a, to my knowledge, it's not uh The British press originally adopted the term Krautrock as a humorous umbrella label for the, divi- the diverse German scene, though many so labelled artists disliked the term. Interesting.
0: Yeah, because. Kraut is a German word recorded in English from 1918 onwards as a derogatory term for a German, mm. particularly a German soldier during World War One and World War Two. In earlier meaning in English was a synonym of sauerkraut, a traditional Central and Eastern European food. So that's why I was like, krautrock. It's <laughs> interesting. <That's a> <laughs> it,
1: it just, it, it's an odd one, but it has very much just become the kind of accepted term for that it 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 just sort of generally describes a type of music that originated in Germany that doesn't conform to the standard mm. accepted structure of pop and rock music of the sixties and seventies. Mm. So yeah, it's an odd one actually. But yeah, can are sort of the quintessential crowd rock band.
0: Yes, and they have. And I didn't realise. I don't know if you told me last week, yeah, or I wasn't listening. Well, I was listening, because I always listen to you. Good. But the, the album was recorded in 1973. Yes, yeah. That's a very long time ago. I
1: know, I know. And the vocalist, Damo Suzuki, they discovered him while he was busking on the streets of Europe. Mm. And they just found mm. him and bought him. And he did three albums with them. And one another one that's kind of probably maybe more famous is called Tego Mago, mm. which is mm. much more of that, um, you described part of one of the songs as being quite abrasive a minute ago. Yeah. Tego Mago is like that, as an album yeah it's a diff- okay. I really like the ambient noise of future days and just the kind of way it just literally just sound like a a river flowing and then this man kind of quietly kind of whispering mm. over the top of it it's really interesting actually nowadays Damo Suzuki he tours and when he tours he'll turn up in a city this is what I've read anyway he'll turn up in a city that he's going to perform in and he'll find a local band of young musicians get in touch mm. with them um Rehearse with them for a day, and then at, mm. when they do, when he does the gig, they'll be his band for that evening, and he'll just kind of do yeah. improvised lyrics over the top of their performance. He's so it's such an interesting, cool way of kind of doing music that I really respect and yeah find inspiring. So no, I'm glad that you listened to it and didn't hate it. So it's good.
0: No, no, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it. It's just I think I think because you can kind of get lost in their songs, you can't you can't really. Say if you really like everything or not, you can just listen to it for a while. And you, I just know whenever the third song comes on, because it's so different <laughs> from <laughs> yeah, the rest. Right. <laughs> because um, it's so uptune and it's so short as well, yeah. that you're gonna go. Da, 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 da. Yeah, but, but um,
1: a... yeah. Have a listen to Tego Mego if you if you're interested. Okay.
0: You yeah.
1: Okay. Great. Oh, No right.
0: arguments this week, this time.
1: Yes. Very good. nice. So, time to talk about our lists for this week, which I tried to leap into earlier, mistakenly. Five, four, three, two, one. Our top five. Top five films, specifically <clears throat> English language live action films. Yeah. Yes. Because there will be room later on for foreign language films and other formats outside of live action. Yes. Yep. So who started uh, last time? Who's going to start this time? I
0: started last time, okay. so you start this time. My number
1: five is the newest film on my list. It is from last year. I wasn't sure I was going to put it in my list until I rewatched it last week and, or a week or so ago. So I've already mentioned it actually on this podcast, but it is a film called Midsummer. Hmm. hmm.
0: Ah, very nice. Written Midsummer? Midsummer. Like Midsummer. Midsummer,
1: but it's spelt M I D S O M M A R. It is a. Mm. It sort of exists in the folk horror genre,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is one of my favourite genres of horror, if anyone's interested. <laughs> With, uh, films like The Wicker Man, Blood on Satan's Claw, mm. The Witchfinder General, kind of fall within that. And it was written and directed by Ari Astor, who made Hereditary a few years earlier, two years uh, yep. ago or so. Which, again, is another film of mine that's one of my favourite movies. Uh, so he's really painting himself as one of the best directors around in my opinion, but he was hired Mm. I think the story that I read is that he was hired by a production company to write a folk horror film for them they just wanted a folk horror movie to make that they could put out and make some money on and Mm. he instead wrote this epic romance or romantic drama film which has the backdrop of folk horror but really is more about the breakdown of a relationship between these two main characters played by uh Florence Pugh plays the main character, the mm. the girl in it, and the partner is I think he's called Jack Rayner. Let me find it. Yeah, Jack Rayner plays her boyfriend. And basically Jack Rayner's a student at university doing his PhD. He Mm. lives with a couple of other students, one of whom is played by an actor who plays Cheedy in The Good Place. And I feel really disrespectful that I've forgotten his name. But if you've ever seen The Good Place, he plays Cheedy in that. And his name is William Jackson Harper. Mm. And Mm. they have a Swedish flatmate who has invited them to go back to his village in Sweden for the summer and join in their summer festivals. And right at the very start of the film, her entire family passes away uh, very sadly and she's obviously like distraught by it. And you can tell at the exact same time he's having a discussion about maybe breaking up with her. So their relationship is sort of coming to a natural end. But because mm. she has this huge, awful thing happen to her, he feels like he can't also kind of dump her. So they stay together mainly due to it being too awkward to not stay together at that point. And she ends up going with them to Sweden, which is obviously not a great mm. idea, uh, considering they don't particularly like her and her boyfriend is maybe going to leave her.
2: Mm. And it,
1: and then it kind of goes from there and gets a bit strange and weird. And I imagine the people who asked him to write this movie expected a, like a 90 minute, pretty standard film. Mm. I watched the director's cut recently, which is definitely the best version to watch. Although the original cut's really good as well. The, Original cut, I think, is about two hours and 20 minutes or something. The director's okay. cut is two hours and 40 minutes long. It's a it's an incredibly long film, but really gives space to kind of explore this relationship between these two characters.
2: Hmm.
1: And it's all about identity, your place in the world, uh, finding acceptance, finding your people, this kind of thing. And it's just, it's it's a beautiful film. It's a rare horror film that's shot almost entirely during the day.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: and it's some of the most gorgeous, beautiful photography that's ever happened on, uh, I've ever seen ever. And he, he went straight from directing Hereditary into directing this. It's incredible how rushed the production was when you see the film and see how gorgeous and beautiful it is. Mm. Florence Pugh, who's probably my favourite actor working today, turns in an astonishingly good performance in it. Mm. Um, some of the scenes must have been physically painful for her to film and the emotion wow. that she's portraying yeah. is, is just some like some... Stuff I've never seen before, and I I absolutely love it. And I wasn't really sure about making it my number five, especially because I've until recently I haven't even been able to decide whether I prefer it to Hereditary. Mm. But watching that director's cut for a second time really impressed upon me how much I love the film. So yeah, I'm going to put it in at my number five. Midsummer.
0: Amazing. Mm. Florence Pugh is such an amazing range, hasn't she? Uh, yes. In I mean, she
1: did Little Women last year and she did Midsummer yeah. last year, and she's amazing yeah. in both films. So yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. So I watched recently, um, uh, fam- uh, a family that fights a family who fights. Fighting with my family. Fighting with my family. Thank you, and um, you know she's really she's really she puts her effort in anything she does, and she's really good in. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, fighting with my yeah. family is a movie about wrestling, a yeah. topic that I have zero interest in, and she yeah. manages to make me care about it. So yeah. she's. She's
0: great. How can you? Oh, sorry. Let's not start at that. Why,
1: why? What were you saying?
0: I don't know. Sunday morning. I used to watch WWE. Is it WWE now? Yeah. Yeah. And I used to watch it every Sunday morning with my dad. Oh, <laughs> I loved it. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not judging anyone.
1: It's just, it's not for me. It's not my thing. I don't yeah. I don't think it's terrible. I understand why people like it. It's just for me. Yeah. It's just like what, it's like why I don't like soap operas. It's just
0: not for me. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a shame because these kind of horror films like *Hereditary* and *Midsummer*, I really want to watch them because they look
1: well. You might have to watch amazing.
0: It, so. Oh, <laughs> it's not. Did you just did you just choose one no, <laughs> horror film no. that I have watched?
1: No, as if I do crying. that. I'm crying.
0: Can you see my tears? <laughs> um, it's not like no, *Hereditary*.
1: But... *Hereditary* is one of the scariest films I've ever seen. *Midsummer*, like I said, it's more a relationship drama. That happens to okay. have the backdrop of a folk horror film, but it is not. Okay. It's got some. It's got a little bit of gore in it that's quite mm. intense. But outside of that, it's not. It's scary because of how much you end up caring about what's happening to the characters. But it's not mm. scary in the way that Hereditary is, where it just it injects pure terror into your body. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But, I know but you yeah, mean. but I would like to watch Hereditary as well you because it, it just it it just looks amazing mm, but I, I i know that i won't be able to sleep for days <laughs> months years
1: yes because i mean the a lot of people are a bit like you because tony collette uh, in hereditary gives a performance that was the best performance in cinema that year and mm. it wasn't even it wasn't let alone winning an oscar it wasn't even nominated it wasn't even discussed because it's in a horror film but she it's the best work she'll ever do. And it's so unfortunate that mm. it will be so unseen because it happens to be in a horror movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's the reality of the world. What's your number five best film ever, Alex?
0: Ah, oh, number five best film ever. Oh. This was a very hard list again. Yeah, yeah I found this very I, difficult. I see. Um, so number five, I've put The Blues Brothers. Oh, okay. Uh, So, uh, The Blues Brothers, it's a musical comedy uh, directed by uh, John Landis. Yes. And it stars uh, John Belushi and Dana Croyd as uh, Jake and Elwood Blues, uh, two brothers that were raised in an orphanage. Um, So, um, after um, John Belushi's character, uh, Mm. Jake, gets released from prison, uh, he finds out, uh, him and his brother find out, that uh, the orphanage they grew up in um, was about to close and they needed uh, money uh, to keep it open. And so uh, they uh, decide to put their blues band uh, back together and have a concert to uh, raise the money to save uh, the orphanage. And uh, so the story is about them uh, putting the band back together. uh, So going around and finding the band members uh, with some difficulties and... um, Mm then having lots of adventures along the way uh, and making lots of enemies to then make uh, the concert at the end. It was actually written by uh, Dana Croyd and it was his first script. Mm. Uh, there were characters that it, they had done
1: on Saturday Night Live. Before. Yeah,
0: it was characters that started on Saturday Night Live and then there was a the thought of making it in a film. Uh, John Landis was really up for it, and uh, Dana Croy started writing it. And but he took it; it took him a very, very long time. And also there were budget problems because they didn't know how long it was going to take to write. They didn't know how much money they needed. Um, they uh, had incredible artists—cameo uh, from artists from James Brown, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin.
1: Cab Calloway is it? Cab Calloway. The guy who's kind of their mentor, mm, who yeah. sings "Mini the Mooch" yeah. at the end, is that is his name? Yeah, Cab Calloway?
0: Calloway.
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, he was really. It's yeah. It's 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 a it's a musical with incredible music. Yeah. that's also an amazingly funny yeah. comedy. Yeah,
0: and then there's the the, the whole, bit where all the um, the car chase and all the cars they like, go and the top of Illinois it. Nazis. Yeah, it's it's so good and so silly, but also so important uh, mm. to kind of. For the music. And uh, I, I really, really like it. Good.
2: Mm. Okay.
1: And I agree. It's a good choice. Mm. I love that movie. And I didn't expect you to pick it, so it's cool. Well done. Not well done. That sounds really patronising.
0: always patronising. You're um, a terrible man.
1: Sorry, I just... You and your notes, um, and you're I'm well done, Alex.
0: Well it. done. You're I'm so Midsomer. good. <laughs> yeah.
1: My number five is Midsummer. My number four... <laughs> um is a film that was the oldest film on my list. It's from 1975, mm. and it was originally a television film. It wasn't even shown in film.
0: Oh, I know what it is.
1: Oh, I think you do. It was recommended to me by, uh, well, your friend, our, our friend, mutual friend, uh, Rowan and Ollie. It's called Nuts in May.
0: I know, I do not know that. Oh, you don't know what it is? I thought you were going to talk about... um can't remember. Okay. It's a television series but also a film you really love and I've oh, known Twin, Twin Peaks.
1: Oh, no. There'll be room an- an- another day for Twin okay. Peaks to be
0: discussed. Okay. No,
1: Nuts in May uh, from 1975 is a play for today uh, directed by Mike Lee mm-hmm. and starring Alison Stedman and Roger Sloman as a couple who go on a camping holiday in the English countryside and It's just a very gentle comedy about their holiday, but because I spent my youth going on camping Mm. holidays in the English countryside, I find it incredibly relatable and just like there's just a bit at the start where he says, "Oh look, it's Corfe Castle." That just I don't know why it makes me (laughs) laugh so much, but it just makes me laugh Mm. so so much. Or there's a bit where um his wife's talking to him. About something, and he just turns around and looks in the distance and goes, Oh, look, there's a car driving down the A113. It's just, <laughs> so, it's just its such a good kind of portrait of a certain type of English couple mm. uh, that's done so accurately um, called Keith and Candice Marie, they're called. Mm. Uh, and it ends up being a bit about class, maybe a bit about. Uh, how people treat each other on holiday and in campsites and things that people do to pass the time and also it was an interesting look at 1970s Britain in a way because mm. there's, there's a thing with it where they, they're kind of portrayed as being maybe a bit hippie and there's a bit where they talk about how they refuse to drink pasteurised milk um, and they'll only drink milk like essentially straight from the cow which at that <laughs> point had just been made illegal oh, and it's just astonishing now with like 2020 um, mm. vision to look back and imagine somebody refusing to eat, drink pasteurised milk, uh, which is essentially just milk that's being cleaned. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very good film. And it's odd because it's so, it's so gentle and so mm. small, especially as a TV movie, that it surprises me how much I like it, but I, just, I do really love it. Since watching it for the first time, I think about it at least once a week. I think about it all <laughs> the time. Really? And I've watched it a couple of times since. And it just, every, every line in it makes me laugh. But it probably it wouldn't necessarily work for everyone. Like, you didn't grow up in the UK, yeah. for example. So I don't, I don't know if it quite... Mm. I'm sure you'd enjoy it. I don't think you wouldn't get it or anything like that. I'm not trying to say that. But I don't know if you would have the same experience with it that I had. Mm. Um, But yeah, no. Nuts in May. I have no idea why it's called Nuts in May. I have absolutely no idea. Maybe because they go, maybe they're on holiday in May and they go nuts. That's the, only, that's the only guess I can <laughs> Do they actually go.
0: go nuts?
1: No, not really. I mean, he gets a bit annoyed at the end, but I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> um, it's got this very poetic ending as well. Oh, I love it. So yeah, Nuts in May. That's my number four.
0: Nice. I've just realised, I think all the films I've chosen, you've probably seen. Because you've seen everything. Oh, not necessarily. I think you have.
1: Well, maybe you've got an honourable mention that you can make me watch.
0: Definitely. I've got lots of memorable mentions.
1: Mummy mentions. Mommy
0: mentions. Honorable mentions.
1: Good. Come on then, number four. Uh,
0: number four. I've decided to put um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Seen it. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, I
1: Tell me about it. What's it about?
0: Uh, it's about this woman. Uh, that her daughter uh, gets um, raped and murdered and they haven't found the person that's done it. And so she puts three billboards outside of the town asking why has nobody been found. The things that they actually say, the billboards, are uh, raped while dying and still no arrest. How come Chief Willoughby? So it's the story of this uh, amazing st- Strong woman who is not satisfied with the fact that there's nobody that has found the culprit for the murder of her daughter. I love Frances McDormand.
1: She's incredible. She's, she's very good in an
0: amazing actress. She's so powerful. The anger that she portrays and the the film it's just it's just an amazing film and i kind of read a little bit behind and how the collaboration between these three amazing actors uh sam rockwell uh woody Harrison and uh francis mcdormand works so well with the director which is uh martin mcdonough who Mm -hmm. who who did um in bruges
1: in bruges and seven psychopaths yes
0: i've seen seven psychopaths
1: oh it's I mean, it's the it's the lesser of those three films, mm. but it is it's worth a watch. it's yeah. interesting.
0: Um, and how the decisions between what they decide, how why why she was so hard, Mildred, the main character, uh, the anger that she has because you know uh, if she she can't give herself to sadness because she has to fight to find uh the the killer the her daughter's killer or killers. So um no I, I it's it's really really good. I really really enjoyed it. And I like the fact that um this film kind of then helped people in real life. Uh, for example in in Bristol uh they put billboards outside Bristol um uh before the NHS they put free billboards there uh, right. they used them uh after the Grenfell uh tower, and so what,
1: and that was inspired by yeah, the film?
0: yeah the impacts. Oh, right. So um in two thousand and eighteen, uh Justin for Grenfell, um put free vans uh and the vans said 71 dead and still no arrest. How come? Uh, and then oh, um so a few not just in england but in in america this film kind of had an impact on how mm. people mm. you know let's sort it out we with these billboards and um it's uh it's i i think it's a very powerful movie
1: i agree with you i think it's really good and i like that you've put it in your top five I don't want it to be... Because sometimes movies like that that come out and get a lot of Oscar love sort of then get forgotten a little bit, but I think that that's a film that should hopefully stand up. It's me next, isn't it? My number three's next, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Big Lebowski. (laughs) (laughs) You look really happy.
0: It's my number three, too. Oh,
1: I like it. Frank Ocean (laughs) last week. The Big Lebowski this week. This is always on my list somewhere. Yeah, well, that's films. the
0: first one they always put in, and it, it moves. Is it fifth? Is it third? Is it? And I thought, no, it has to be. <laughs> this time it has to be number three. The yeah, The Big Lebowski. Three. <sighs> Sorry, I said it's it, a... but I didn't want to freak you out like you did no, last week fine. with Frank Ocean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I love it. I just absolutely love this film. Every time I watch it, mm. every scene, I can almost quote line for line um if nobody's seen it it's about a slacker in los angeles in the mid 90s in america who gets embroiled in a a sort of a murder mystery plot mm. or it's kind of a it's it's sort of it's kind of based on films like chinatown mm. like 1940s yeah. la based film noir type stories But instead of a hard-boiled private detective, the main character is a stoner who doesn't really know what's going on and sort of stumbles through the plot. And it's just combining those two things, like slacker comedy with film noir is so smart and they really did produce one of the all-time great movies. Yeah, yeah, The Big Lebowski is fantastic. Jeff Bridges' performance (laughs) is one of the all-time fantastic performances. I love uh, Jeff so, Bridges. So like such an iconic performance. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really good. And also
0: there were a few films with Jeff Bridges. They thought, oh, but I, do I love this man? I think I love this man. <laughs> I really love this but man.
1: The rest of the cast is like John Goodman, yeah. Julianne Moore, Steve Buscemi, uh, John Turturro, Philip Seymour Hoffman.
0: Yeah.
1: A few other people pop up here and they flee from the Red Hot Chili Peppers yes. isn't it, a little bit. Mm. And uh, it's just, it's just funny. It's just, a, it's just my favourite comedy. I really
0: love it. It's so good, and the
1: soundtrack is
0: the soundtrack. It's amazing. Uh, all of it is just scene by scene. You, it's just a in, amazing movie. There's a scene. I think probably one of my favorite scenes when um, he he's is um, after they're supposed to save uh, the wife, and uh, the dude gets dragged uh, with his. Um, white Russian into the oh, the yeah. car. And that scene where he's t- <laughs> the dude is trying to explain <laughs> what happened.
1: He's like, There's been a lot of ins and outs, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then what's the name of the the actor? Not a Philip Seymour Hoffman, but like the lebowski there, mr lebowski
1: oh the big lebowski the actual I don't big his... lebowski no.
0: and he's just kind of looks at him and just say it just shouts like what is this dibby and i just love every time i see that scene i just laugh because it's so crazy because it's just dude just going uh well you know uh because and oh, i just love it it's just such a stoner i can't
1: the script is so tight that even when i watch it now Cause every line is a good line yeah. every, every spoke word of spoken yeah. dialogue is is funny mm. but when i watch it now i still pick up on things that i've never noticed before that make me laugh yeah oh i love it. Uh, that i've never that, that I, somehow i've watched it like five six times and mm. i'll still watch it today mm. and find new things to enjoy in it so, it's incredible
0: yeah it's uh, it's really really good and uh, really enjoyable I I really
1: like the bit where, (laughs) um, I think my favourite part is where he has, he knows that some people are going to break into his apartment Mm. again looking for money from him and he's trying to like keep them out and he nails a bit of wood behind his door and then wedges a chair behind this piece Mm. of wood and under the door handle (laughs) so that they won't be able to, you know, that that classic thing. And then they come and his door, he's forgotten his door opens outwards so he just opened the door and the chair just (laughs) falls down. (laughs)
0: yeah and it's just (laughs) so good
1: (laughs) and that's a bit that i just missed completely i didn't realize what was happening the first couple times i watched it and then when i finally realized that it was that he tried to do that wedging the door with the chair thing it just completely
0: failed. oh it's just so good it's so good i just i just love the cohen brothers They, they just managed to create masterpieces i think i just yeah, I just love their films, and a lot of them, and I was thinking, I need to choose one, and it's always The Big Lebowski.
1: Yeah, it will never be anything Yeah, yeah. The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Even though all their films are good, but The Big Lebowski is it's, uh, absolute perfect. Mm,
0: yeah, no, but, it, yeah. Good choice, number three. We, we seem to yeah. have, like, similar number threes.
1: Yeah, we do, it's interesting. So now I suppose we go to my number two.
0: Yes.
1: Because your number three was The Big Lebowski. So my number two is from 2012... It's an adaptation of one of my favourite novels, which is often... It gets made fun of a lot, this film, for being (laughs) strange. Okay. Uh, And it is quite strange. It doesn't completely work, but I adore the ambition of the project, and that is Cloud Atlas.
0: What? I don't don't know the film.
1: You don't know Cloud Atlas, are you? No.
0: What's happening this Uh, week? (laughs) you have seen all of my films. I'm so... (laughs) predictable Sorry. and you go cloud atlas so, <clears throat> no i don't i don't
2: know cloud
1: atlas is a book written by david mitchell mm. not the david mitchell from um uh, not the david mitchell from Peep Deep- Show, the yeah. british comedian no david mitchell an author mm-hmm. and his book is a book that contains six separate stories that happen in different periods of history so one is set in the far future like the far far post-apocalyptic future mm. One is set in the nearer future, Mm. in sort of a traditional sci-fi future. One is set in sort of the 1970s. One is set in kind of Caribbean pirate sort of era.
2: Mm.
1: One is about a composer set in sort of the classical composer era, sort of late medieval time maybe. I'm not sure exactly the years. I think that's mostly all of the different stories. There's six stories in total.
2: Mm. And
1: in the book... It nests, so it tells the story, I think it starts with the story furthest in the past and it tells you half of that story Okay. and then it tells you the first half of the story that is next along chronologically and then it does that until it gets to the middle where Mm -hmm. it tells you the entire story of the furthest in the future and then it tells you the second half of the the story that is next along chronologically until it works its way back. Okay. to the story that it started with, it finishes that, so it, it nests itself. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's quite complex. To... And each story is told through a different literary device, right? So one of the stories is told entirely through diary entries. Mm. One is told entirely through letters. One is entirely in an, an interview. Mm. One is uh, told as if it's being spoken to somebody, like around a campfire. All different ways of telling the story. It's an incredible book, and... It's the kind of book you would Mm. look at and assume is impossible to adapt into a film. And you know what, maybe it is, but Mm. they did their absolute best. And it was directed by the Wachowski sisters, or the Wachowski siblings, Mm. sorry, I should say. The Wachowski siblings who did The Matrix. Mm. And uh, a director called Tom Tyquot, who did Run Lola, Run. Ah,
2: Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: And I I don't know how they split it down, but basically some of the stories were directed by the Wachowskis and some were directed by Tom Tyqua, and it was all brought together into one film. And they sort of try and match that literary device in that, like, one of the stories will be told as if it's a farce, like a spoof farce, and then another one is filmed as if it's a 1970s conspiracy thriller. So Mm. they change the filming style to match that type of story that's been told, and... Can you hear the beeping cars
0: every time?
1: Yeah, sorry. (laughs) And um, the windows are so because where I live, uh, you have to keep the Victorian facade on your house, so you're not allowed to have double glazing. So if anyone's having a conversation outside or there's any noise outside my bedroom window, it's just as if they're in the room. Anyway, what
0: a facade!
1: The cast is really good. It's got Tom Hanks, uh, Halle Berry, Hugh Grant, Jim Broadbent, Mm. Hugo Weaving. Oh, yeah, and they play. All of these main cast members play a different character in each of the six mm. stories, which leads to some quite controversial, some very controversial moments. Where, for example, Hugo Weaving pops up with makeup on to make him look like he is a Korean man because one of the six stories is set in Korea, and there's a scene where Halle Berry is <laughs> Halle Berry is. <laughs> Uh, uh, done up to look like uh, a jewish lady okay it's it's very peculiar okay that they chose to do it in that way particularly the scene set in korea when they have the cast members popping up in that okay it's pretty bizarre but i what i love about the film is the pure ambition of it
2: mm. um
1: it's just, it's just wild. It's mm. it's wildly ambitious that they tried to do it. It doesn't work perfectly, mm. and it's incredibly long as a result. It's how long is it? It is one hundred and seventy-two minutes. So it's just sort of short of three hours.
2: Oh,
0: long. okay. But
1: it's it's um, it's beautiful. It's got some beautiful sequences in it. Mm. It's got some really good, interesting acting and. It's constantly changing. Like if you get bored with a scene, you're going to be in a completely different film within minutes because it will change to a totally different type of film. And yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I don't know what it is about it. And it's it's odd and flawed and strange, but I appreciate a flawed piece of ambitious filmmaking over a perfect, safe piece of filmmaking. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so yeah, Cloud Atlas.
0: Or well, depending on what how they made a person look Korean though.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Like if it's that flawed, I don't really agree with it. But
1: uh, well, fair enough. I think it is.
0: Especially when was it made?
1: Twenty twelve.
0: It it's quite recent to make such a big
1: Yeah, statement. and it got called out for it and there were people that disagree with it, but it is to do with I don't know if it makes sense within the context of the film, but I understand why they're doing that. And it's not just a map. It's not just... I mean, it is a case of yellow face, but it's a case of...
0: Because if... Could it... I haven't seen the film, but could it have been done by making... Okay, he's set in Korea and you assume that he's Korean without... Making him look Korean, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you could have things like that where you see the person oh yeah, how it is, but yeah. everybody else sees them as Korean. Which is what,
1: which is what Spike Lee would do, for example. Yeah, um, and, and that's why totally they did in that.
0: the that Five Bloods, like they're all old yeah. men.
1: Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, and I'll the really... primary, the, like the primary character in the Korean sequences, is played by a Korean actress.
0: Okay, but then that would have been good without making yellow face
1: yeah but they're trying to they're trying to show how um it's the it's the idea that the souls of people are, ha- are happening again and again throughout history mm. so they they wanted the actors to be in every sequence yeah but you
0: could just do it without film. making them look T- Korean. yeah you're
1: totally right but they they didn't they they made them Korean uh, but it's mm. it's I don't want to say equal opportunities because that sounds really terrible to say it in that way. I don't know the right way of phrasing it but like there are scenes where like Halle Berry for example playing a, a, a Caucasian Jewish woman is it happens, It happens. they're mixing it up all over the place. It's not a case I don't it's know. Not a film I'm not saying one that.
0: One I'm saying you could make it in a more of... intelligent way by seeing Halle Berry how she is and uh, whoever the other actor is but You can use your imagination by saying, okay, well, now she's a Jewish, a Caucasian Jewish woman. Yeah. uh, And now he's a Korean man rather than putting them in costume, which is a bit maybe not correct because why would you do that? Especially in 2012. Like, that's what I'm saying. In 2012, I think. Uh, it's, uh, you could have done things more intelligently. But I haven't seen the film, so maybe, maybe I would think differently when I saw the film, but I don't really agree with stuff like that.
1: Possibly. And I know what you mean. Mm. But, and I, I, I genuinely don't agree with that kind of thing. Mm. And I'd enjoy the movie as much if it wasn't happening in it. Yeah. But it is in it, and it doesn't make me dislike the film, mm. if that makes
0: sense. Yeah.
1: It's an interesting one, mm. it's strange. What's
0: your number two? My number two is uh, The Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I love Wes Anderson films and I had to choose my favorite one. And it's usually between The Royal Tenenbaums and the Darjeeling Limited. Um, Mm. But I feel like The Royal Tenenbaums introduced me to the world of Wes Anderson. So I put him at number, put them, put it at number two. Um, it's, uh, well, if uh, nobody has seen it, it's a comedy drama which has been directed by Wes Anderson and co-written uh, with Owen Wilson. Um, and it's got big actors in it, uh, Danny mm. Glover, Gene Hackman, Angelica Houston, Bill Murray, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Stiller and Luke Wilson and uh it's a film about a very dysfunctional family uh about uh how uh people can live in the past and not uh move on and uh yeah, that's pretty much it and the story about this family really and um I really like it because um with Wes Anderson movies—he creates a world you can recognize it, but it's a totally different place. Uh, so the film is supposed to be in New York, but you 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 know it's New York, but it's not really New York. You're not really sure what the time period is. Um, the actors always wear the same clothes. Uh, I that I just really like it, and it's was the first Wes Anderson film I ever watched.
1: I really like Wes Anderson
0: mm.
1: and I struggle because I can never pick out like one Wes Anderson movie that's mm. my favourite Wes Anderson movie yeah. which is why like he's not got f- there's no film of Wes Anderson's on my mm. list but if we ever did like a top five directors he'd probably be on that list
0: mm. definitely um,
1: which is an odd one
0: Um, I Yeah, I think I chose this one because I think he introduced me to his world. And without Mm. the Royal Tenenbaums, I would have not become so obsessed with him. Yeah, it's a really good one. And Gene Hackman is... He doesn't doesn't get...
1: Because he reuses actors a lot. It's quite almost odd now to see someone like Gene Hackman in it, who's so outside of his. Yeah, And in a way, that makes it more interesting. Especially because I think they didn't really get on very well. No, Gene Hackman did
0: not like... He had a... They did not like each other. In fact, yeah. it's, they say, I'm not sure if it's the total truth, but a lot of uh, Bill Murray was on set all the time uh, to... Because Bill Murray loves Wes Anderson. Yeah, but to protect Wes from Gene Hackman, to protect wow. Wes Anderson from Gene Hackman, because it was too much, and everybody was there <coughs> just like, come on, Gene, just... But you, you can feel it, it's... But it, it, the role was made for him. In fact, Wes Anderson wrote the role for uh, Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's perfect because he's uh an angry prima donna.
1: My number one next? Mm-hmm. Good. My number one is a film that we don't need to spend too much time discussing because everyone has seen it. But it will always be my number one in any list of my best films because I think it's the perfect blockbuster film <laughs> and perfect entertainment film. It is. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. I absolutely adore Jurassic Park. So I'll just talk quickly about why I think it is better than most other Hollywood blockbuster films. Go. And that is not to do with the dinosaurs, because dinosaurs are on screen in that film for something like 12 minutes out of like a movie that's almost two hours long. Wow. There's about 12 minutes of dinosaurs in it. The reason it works is because the characters are so well-written mm. and well-acted. That you really care about them, and there's so many scenes that aren't about special effects and they're just about these characters interacting that are really uh, funny or heartfelt or interesting. Mm. That so many films, like especially the the recent sequels to Jurassic Park films, which I've enjoyed, but they're nowhere near the original Jurassic Park because the characters just aren't there. You know, Chris Pratt is a really funny actor and he's capable of being really good in films, but Mm. his character in the new Jurassic World movie is is not Doctor Alan Grant. Is not Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. He's not Jeff Goldblum, Ian Malcolm. He's not Laura Dern. Nope. Ellie Sattler. You know these characters are really funny, interesting. Mm. Sam Neill and Laura Dern's characters in the first Jurassic Park movie are. It's never so made different. totally clear how serious their relationship yeah. is. Exactly, mm. but you can tell there's a lot of history there between the two, and little sides that are made. Um, Jeff Goldblum's character is just so peculiar and odd and he's just such a perfect casting choice for that role and it just works it just works really Mm. well and then when the dinosaur action starts happening it's really entertaining but it's entertaining because you care so much about those characters by that point that if something bad happens to them it upsets you or it excites you when when something exciting is happening so yeah I think Jurassic Park is the perfect blockbuster movie in my opinion and I really like blockbuster films, I really Mm. like action films and Films like that that can often be quite looked down upon because they're just there to entertain. But Mm. there's nothing wrong with being entertained. And Jurassic Park does it perfectly. Mm -hmm. So that is my number one film. And the music's good, obviously.
0: I love Jurassic Park. First film I ever watched at the cinema.
1: Oh, lovely. I'd love to have seen it. When
0: I was, I think I was 10. Okay. What year did it come out?
1: 1993.
0: 1993, I, yeah, probably came out in Ingl- in Italy like a year later, probably. So, yeah, it must have been nine. Right. Eight or nine. That sounds yeah. about right. It was amazing to watch at the cinema. And I couldn't shut up for a second. I remember my dad just going, <laughs> Alex, shut up. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it's, it's a dinosaur. Oh, my God, is that poo? Is that big poo? Is she putting poo? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. no. Great I was film. five, so
1: I was definitely too young. Yeah, to see in the cinema. Great film. Just on the cusp film. of being too young. But yeah, good film. So yeah, yeah that we don't need to talk about too much because I mean, most people. If you haven't seen Jurassic Park, please watch it. It's yeah. about a a billionaire who creates an island of dinosaurs. Oh, doesn't that sound exciting?
0: Yeah. Would you? Alex. Would you? If if there was a Jurassic Park, would you go?
1: Yes, I would. Yes,
0: I wouldn't. Oh uh, well, you'd be missing out on some excellent. Uh, fun. I don't think I can run very fast from velociraptor. i will probably be the first one dying.
1: I mean, it's not.
0: <laughs> it's not necessarily going to go wrong. The, but, but in the interesting every thing as well film, it goes
1: wrong. Yeah, because they're films, and they, it wouldn't be a very entertaining movie if it was just like everybody went and had a lovely day, and then well, oh, again, it wouldn't be. Much Why it
0: could be like you know a night at a museum, a day in Jurassic Park, Maybe. and everything is fine. People but get also, a slushy.
1: It's very much. <laughs> They're movie monsters. They're not really dinosaurs. Like Dinosaurs didn't really look like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park.
0: No, uh, they had feathers.
1: They understand they had feathers. And also Velociraptors were about the size of chickens, I think, rather than the kind of six foot tall
0: That's why. Because my chickens yeah. now, when they run, they remind me of little Velociraptors.
1: Well, there you go. They're probably the, their natural evolution of the Velociraptor. There was, a, there was a dinosaur that looked a bit like the Velociraptor in the film, but it doesn't have as cool a name, so they changed the name to Velociraptor because that sounds cool. Mm. and now everyone thinks, and now everyone thinks anyway anyway let's not talk about the <laughs> inaccurate representation of dinosaurs in Jurassic Park films how about your number one film
0: my number one film is a recent edition from this year watched no. the film liked it is an abduct, this year? Is, yeah is, is an it ab- hamilton is this hamilton <gasps> <laughs> alexander hamilton Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton no it is definitely not Hamilton um, it's from this year well I watched it this year so I don't know if it was released before in... it wasn't from this year I watched it this year because um, I mean, I live in Italy Okay. I know well, it was December uh, never mind it's an adaptation from one of the first books I have ever read and the um. film is called Little Women Wow, Little Women.
1: Yes. Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Uh, Greta adaptation.
0: Gerwig's 2019 Little Women. A uh, story about sisters and what goes on. But I think everybody knows about Little Women.
1: Well, I didn't until I saw Greta Gerwig's adaptation.
0: Really? Yeah, uh, well, because you're a boy. A Boys boy. don't read Little Women. Girls really well, read well, Little maybe Women. Maybe I should have read
1: Little Women. It's good.
0: Yeah, good. well, um, I chose Little Women because from... I don't know how she did it. I don't know how the actresses did it. But from probably minute 10 <laughs> till the end, I had tears in my eyes. Mm. I was so happy to see one of my... I'm crying now. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I was so amazed on how she managed to be so truthful to the book, but also showing so much so much power. She chose... in amazing actresses. Florence Pugh is in it. Um, Emma Watson, uh, Saoirse Ronan. I can't say her name.
2: Uh,
0: Saoirse Ronan. Ronan. And uh, one actress I didn't know, Eliza Scanlon. Did she
1: play the fourth sister? Yes,
0: yes. And um, Laura Dern is in it.
1: Laura Dern.
0: Laura Dern is in it. Uh, yes, and Timothy Chalamet, but he's the boy, so nobody cares. Well, he was the first boy I've ever was in love with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um Bob Odenkirk and, uh, is in it. Bob Odenkirk is in it. <laughs> the yeah. dad is Bob Odenkirk. And when I saw was like, no, hi soul. Um yeah. <laughs> beautiful series uh but yeah um so uh it's a story about four sisters um you know expectations from the four sisters the one of them wants to be a writer uh family it's good i i just loved it Uh, what
1: i love about that film is how you know in a strange way it's almost brave how much she doesn't attempt to modernize the story in mm, any way not like as in said it in modern day but like it's a U. It's like it's rated U or for Universal in the mm. UK. And I realized when I went to the cinema to see it, I was like, I don't remember the last time I didn't see a film that wasn't at least PG. Mm. Like for it to be so almost safe in a way, like there's there's very little intensity in that film, mm. but it doesn't make it any less valuable or worthwhile. And yeah, like they haven't tried to kind of jazz it up in any way at all. They had total faith in the source material and yeah. in adapting the source material. Um with a couple of small changes but nothing that really fundamentally changed it would be enough to make a great film and yeah. they just did they just have it's just an absolute piece of art yeah. it's a, it's beautiful Costi- and those actors actresses the, in it are the actresses incredible.
0: are amazing <clears throat> the costumes are really really good i don't know i just thought it was she just managed to make me relive that book mm. and i i thought it was amazing, and also a good film to have now to show how powerful women can be, and um, yeah, and yeah, written and directed
1: by a woman.
0: Yeah, and I think An I think it was just woman. the perfect timing to have it a, a really great adaptation, and uh, the girls, the actresses, all stand their ground. Um, it's beautiful, and you can see also the connection. I love watching films where you can see a clear, genuine connection between actors. Yeah. And you can see it there. I feel. Maybe yeah, there I wasn't, see. but I think there, no, was. I think there was. And I, I really, I really, really liked it. And I haven't had a film that made me so emotional. In such a long time, and mm. I don't know, and I knew exactly what was going to happen, but I cried more in the scenes where I was supposed to cry more, hoping that the horrible thing was not going to happen, and it happened, <sighs> and I was just like, you know what's going to happen, Alex? Why the hell are you crying? Yeah. But it, she put you in such a you. I was so invested in that film, from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the last film I watched at the uh, the cinema. Um it's really hard to f- uh, find last films last
1: film I watched at the cinema was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Uh, uh, but yeah it's it's really <laughs> was it was a good.
1: Uh yeah it's brilliant. Return to form for Jim Carrey.
0: Great. Yeah. But yeah it was it's really hard to, in my city to find uh, film, uh, cinemas that do films in original language and mm. so I watched it at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning wow. <laughs> and I just left the cinema destroyed <laughs> and I just couldn't do anything else for the rest of the day, I was just I know it's a very empowering film at the end and, but I just, um, I was just so I cried Oh, the ending's, cool. yeah, yeah. the endings Yeah, yeah so I, I put it in my number one um, I think that's the the two the first two I put in my list The Little Women and The Big Lebowski because I knew I wanted those in and the rest is a massive list of uh, stuff but yeah my number one is Little Women and I, I watched it after because I wasn't going to watch it yeah. I wasn't sure about it and then you told me how good it was and yeah. I thought well if George thinks the Little Women is good because sometimes I feel that there was another adaptation many years ago, 19. Oh, I can't. The first one.
1: There's been a few different adaptations. Yeah,
0: but I've seen one of them and I'm just, just so disappointed. And
1: um... I was reading, because I haven't read the book or seen the other adaptations, yeah. so I'm not sure, but I was reading, or the impression I got was that the thing other adaptations have really struggled with was. Florence Pugh's character getting that right because that's quite a complicated. Yeah. you're not make her seem like a spoiled, selfish brat. Yeah. Quite tough it seems, and Greta Gerwig and Florence Pugh pull it off. Yeah. Incredibly well in this film.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to like her too much,
1: mm. but
0: you have to like her a little bit.
1: Yeah, you have to care about her. Because
0: yeah. Just, yeah. 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 You have to care about her, so you go. But okay. A scene and... to do
1: with ice skating, is it? Yeah. That's,
0: uh, yeah, maybe yeah. upset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you, I, I think they, they, should, they just did a great job. It yeah. was a, it was a collective, and I love seeing Emma Watson in films, and I don't see her enough. Um, the last film before that was um, that I've seen it was uh, Beauty and the Bis- Bi- Bi- Beast. Beauty and the Beast.
1: A beautiful woman making a lovely lobster suit.
0: Beauty and the Bisque.
1: Sorry. Yeah. Um cool. Good. Well that's our list. Uh yep. shall we run them down again? Do you want to
0: go? Okay, so uh number five, the blues brothers. Seen it. Number three, three balls Three balls. <laughs> number three. Three balls. Number three. Number, number four. Three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, the sweats are coming out. Number four. <laughs> Three Billboards Outside Ebbing Missouri. Number three, The Big Lebowski. Number oh, two, The Royal Tenenbaum. Number one, Little Women.
1: Oh, I've seen all of them, Alex. What, what are you know, going to
0: do? I know, I know. They're very good. But it's, I, think, I think it would be a very hard to find a film I haven't seen.
1: Well, no, it's not. Um,
0: well, hmm.
1: we'll okay. see. My top five. Yeah. Number five, Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Number four, Nuts in May. Number three, The Big Lebowski. Number two, Cloud Atlas. Number one, Jurassic Park.
0: Mm.
1: There we go. Now, do you have any honorable mentions you'd like to talk about?
0: Hopefully? Yes, um, yeah. I'm gonna just list them. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Mist.
1: Oh. Well, you know uh, I like that film.
0: I love that film. Pulp Fiction. Yep. Watched it again recently. Is a masterpiece. Bugsy Malone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Eternal Sanction of the Spotless Mind. Have you seen it?
1: Yes, but once in a long time ago, I don't remember okay. well. Fight Club. Good.
0: Uh Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket.
1: Haven't seen it.
0: You should watch it.
1: Maybe I will I have
0: to. Okay, yeah, because you've watched seen <laughs> all of them. Uh This is England. Uh okay. the couple the next two have you seen This Is England? Nope. Uh very good. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh very kind of uh disturbing. Um yeah. the next was silly. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Good hot film. shots.
1: I've not seen hot shots. <laughs> That's a Charlie Sheen movie, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I watched it so many times because in Italy they love those films and you know, what but yeah. Uh Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Snatch.
1: Okay. Little Miss
0: Sunshine. Okay. Memento. Okay. Moon. Yep. One flew over the cuckoo's necks, nest. Nice. Reckon for a dream. Nice. Get out. Lovely. Room. Yep. Uh, safety not guaranteed. Okay. Shaun of the dead.
1: <laughs> Good.
0: Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? Nice. Sixteen candles. The fifth element. The Pianist, The Shining, The Truman Show, True Grit. Have you ever seen True Grit?
1: The Jeff Bridges True. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes, I have. Yeah. Love him. Great. A Quiet Place, Blade Runner, That Took Strange Love, Precious.
1: Great films. Good honorable <laughs> mentions. Lots of them. Sorry. My honorable mentions are Halloween. Okay. Chinatown. Mhm. Her smell. It's an Elizabeth Moss movie that you should watch. Okay. It's very, very good. Terminator Two,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Hereditary, The Mist, Get Out, A Field in England, The Witch, The Light. Oh no, The Lighthouse is. Oh no, yeah, The Lighthouse, Zodiac, Seven Samurai.
0: Oh, well, you can't oh do yeah. that. That's that's in a different. Oh language. no, yeah,
1: it should be in. A, yeah, sorry, I just made a list of. Anyway, Seven Samurai is <laughs> not on my list. It's
0: not on English. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, thank
1: you. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> what we do in The Shadows, In the Loop, The Guest, Casino Royale, Hot Fuzz, Donnie Darko, The Silence of the Lambs, and Mad Max Fury Road.
0: Oh, I watched that with you and I remember mm. mocking it before saying, <laughs> I'm not going to enjoy this film. Mad Max is a pile of poo, blah, 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 blah. And then it was. Amazing! Yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's a it's a very good film. Yeah. So homework. What what should I watch, Alex?
0: Uh, well, you could watch uh Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. or This Is England.
1: I think if it's okay with you, I will watch Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, because This Is England is kind of intense.
2: Well, well
0: full, metal <laughs> <expensive>. <laughs> yeah, full Metal Jacket is really intense, but um, I think uh, This Is England is more intense in a kind of personal way yeah. of uh, England and especially yeah. what's going on now. Agreed. Um, yeah.
1: So I'll try and watch Full Metal Jacket so we can talk about that next time. Yeah. Uh, can you watch Midsummer, please? Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, I just have faith in me.
0: Yeah, not... I, I always have faith. <laughs> I watched uh, A Quiet Place with you.
1: You did. You did. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. If you've stayed with us for the whole of the, of the thing, that's appreciated. Join us again next time for our lists on top five foreign language films, which is going to be cool yes. and interesting. And we will be talking about Full Metal Jacket and Midsummer, hopefully, as well.
0: Definitely. So, yeah,
1: see you then. Thank you very much.
0: Bye. Thank you.
1: <laughs> thank you. Have a, take oh. a biscuit. You take know.
0: a biscuit and enjoy it. Yeah. L- love you. Bye. Bye.
1: As always, thank you for having listened. You can find us in the following places online if you'd like to join the discussion. You can find us on Facebook at Culture Bucket Podcast. You can find our Facebook discussion group under Culture Bucket Bucket Squad. You can find us on Twitter under at Pod. Instagram is Culture Bucket Podcast and my email address is culturebucketpodcast.gmail.com If you'd like to find any of our movie lists then you can go to Letterboxd to look at Culture Bucket and please do let us know if you had any thoughts on what we've discussed today Alright, thank you very much Bloody Bye bye! <music>